World War II may have ended 73 years ago, but for a shrinking group of Echuca Moama men, their memories remain crystal clear. Andrew Mole has interviewed five men. Here are the voices of our veterans. In 1943, Warrant Officer Ron Pell was sent to England with 115 squadron to train in Wellington bombers before taking over a Lancaster and joining the round-the-clock bombing raids on Germany and occupied Europe. Serving with the RAF's Bomber Command, this veteran conceded his war during which his planes dropped tons of bombs on an unseen enemy still haunts him today. Explaining why his part in Operation Manor dropped food to the starving Dutch population late in the war meant so much to him. So Ron, you were a good Kai boy and in 43 you were old enough to enlist? Yes, when I, when I turned 18 I, I'd been in the air training corps before that and, uh, from school days and uh, as soon as I turned 18 they called me up. Yeah. Right, and you were, were sent off fairly soon after that. How long were you training in Australia before they sent you off? Ten months, I think. Ten yes. months? Yes. And whereabouts were you, which post did you go through here? Well, initially it was Mount Martha. Initially, that's where they decided to uh, make, a, make me a navigator and where I wanted to be a pilot. But then we went to Mount Gambia and did our initial navigational training both day and night. Right. And then we went up to Port Pirie to do the bombing and gunnery training. After we completed that and got our sergeant stripes, got our wing, I was yeah. sent then to, to Melbourne uh, Cricket Ground and uh, stayed there for, I don't know, perhaps a fortnight or so. That was a camp during the war, the, the MCG? Yes. Yep, on, they all camped on the Oval. Yeah, yeah. on their <laughs> on a straw palliass on the concrete. On the concrete. Yeah. Excellent. Five-star Really good. <laughs> <laughs> and then you were off to England? Yes. Yeah. And now, it's a bit unusual, you finished up in an English squadron. We could have our choice. We had our choice. Actually, we went, did some training when we got to England. We went to uh, a Pawelli. Wasn't in Wales, was it? <laughs> How'd you guess? <laughs> uh, and to do some more navigational training, then we went to Morton in the Marsh, training on the Wellingtons. And, uh, Which were the British bombers? Yep. Yes, the two-engine bomber. Yeah. Right. And, so uh, sort of a medium bomber. Yes. Yep. Well, that's where the tail gunner tried to jump out on us, really. Yeah. And that was before you'd gone operational. Of course. Yeah. And then what? He just. It was yes, the pressure was went berserk. Went berserk. He was an officer too. Right. And who right. had to go down and catch him? Well, he was half in and half out on the, on the uh, mid-upper gunner. He called up the pilot and said there's a problem there and the pilot sent me back to give him a hand and we pulled him back in. He had passed out, of course. Right. On, uh, Lack of oxygen? No, or no. just passed out because he was freaked out? Just passed out, yeah. Right. It was only about 6,000 feet, really. Okay. And uh, gave him a morphine injection, which bit up a gunner gave right. him the injection to quieten him down a bit. And, and what happened to Stewie after that, I don't know. But we never saw him again. Never saw him again. No. Um, and then you transferred over to the Lancasters. Yeah. They the four-engine bombers. In yeah, fact, 
the was, iconic plane of, of Bomber Command. Yeah, well, it was it was a fantastic plane, really. Yeah, yeah. And how many crew did you have on board there? Seven. Right. Seven. Yeah. Right. And my job was helping in the navigation. Uh, I had the H2S or radar, mm-hmm. and that was my job with helping him, really. Right. But in the briefing, at the, in the briefing room where they told us where we had to go, well, I, I had to be with him all the time, and we drew up the flight plan ourselves between us, yeah. Right. So I didn't mind that at all. I, I knew it quite well, so. Right. So by the time you got there, the English Air Force and the Americans were on the offensive, so you would have done quite a few missions, which I believe took you as far as the Russian border almost yes. at one stage. I mean, yeah. that's a hell of a round trip that at the speed they go. A place called Bad Oldersloe, right on the border. Right. Yeah. Right across Germany. And yeah. that was marshalling yards for the yes. train networks? Yeah. And how did that mission go? We doing some damage? Well, we lost the motor, got a bit of flak in one of the motors in the inner port, inner starboard motor. And uh, so it, was an it started to get hot and so we couldn't afford to have a fire in the motor because the wing had Fall dropped off, off and, <laughs> and we'd drop with it. Yep. So you went home on three engines? Yeah. So that made it a slower trip than usual? Well, we couldn't stay at 18,000 feet because the propellers couldn't catch, catch enough air to right. to hold us up there, really. So you had to drop down? Had to drop, we dropped down to about 10,000 feet, yeah. Right, okay. Um, at the heights you flew, which were mostly around 18,000, I think the length ceiling's about 20,000, is that about Something right? like that, yeah. But it'd be pretty chilly up there. Yeah, minus 30 degrees. Right. And about, yeah. I know you've, you've told me before you always wore the silk gloves, but was that enough to protect you from the metal, or...? Uh, yes, it was, really, although we, <laughs> we mostly did ours with a pencil. Okay. <laughs> Holding a pencil. Right. Like it had touched metal was if we had to go down to the else and down the back. Yeah. Right. And after ten hours, of course, we'd be down there once or twice anyway. Yeah. And in case that's in case people don't know what that is, that was the sort of almost chemical toilet in the back. Oh, of the it plane? was. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Now you you guys were in a sort of heated area, but I, I believe at least two of the crew weren't. The the uh, gunners weren't. Oh, right. Yeah. And they were fitted with electrical heated suits. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And I imagine they had their masks on all the time. All the time, yes. Right. Yeah. Uh, we had two or three people tried the uh, rear gunner, but uh, one of them we couldn't, he, he was an Englishman, and we couldn't understand him. He was so broad with his accent, <laughs> no one could understand him, um, except the, the uh, wireless operator. He was a, a Liverpudlian. Right. And... Uh, uh, we'd have to get him to interpret what he was trying to say, so he was no good to us. No, well, yeah. if he's trying to tell you there's an enemy plane coming, by the time you got the message, it would have been too late. That's right. And because you were with the British, you did mostly night flying? Yes. Most of your missions would have been night? No, oh, yes. Oh, three quarters of them, yeah. Yep, okay. Actually, our first one was uh, to the Keel Canal. That was a daylight. Right. And the next one was uh, bombing... It was, they, had, they had submarine pens there. And really, oh, okay. Uh, Heligoland. Oh, right. So yeah. you tried to bomb those. Yeah. They had a lot of concrete in them, those pens. Yeah, well, 12 feet of concrete, if you're lucky to get through that. Yeah. yeah. So did the Lanks carry Barnes Wallace's earthquake bombs or the, the big bombs he made? Yeah, but I never had to do that. Right. My, 
they had the biggest dramas we had were blockbusters, really, yep. uh, at 8,000 8, pounds. 8,000 pounds. And right. the rest were made up of armor-piercing bombs and, right. um, and centuries and all that sort of stuff, too. Bomber Command, US Air Force, the early days of the raids, the loss rate was pretty high, wasn't it? Oh, yeah, well, I suppose uh, the loss rate all around was pretty high. We lost one in two, so. One in two. Mm. So you would have made a lot of new friends all the time. You would have had a lot of crews coming through. Yeah, well, you didn't have them long sometimes. No. I mean, I've, I've spoken to some other guys. Some of them described it as surreal. They'd be there in the middle of the night and there'd be flak going off and bang, bang, bang and bombs away. Turn around and two hours later you're sitting up to bacon and eggs and the war's still going on everywhere yeah, else. that's what happened, Well, <laughs> That's what uh, my father, he was in both Gallipoli and France, really, and uh, he got blown up with a shell in, in uh, Gallipoli and seven out of the nine of, them were, nine of them were killed and Pop then got a week's leave uh, on Lemnoso Island and then back into the trenches again. Then they, he, they sent him to uh, France and uh, he was only there for three weeks and he got a bullet through, the, through his cheek, knocked out his teeth, went through his eardrum and made him completely deaf in that ear. Knocked off a couple of lobes off the back of his spine as it went right. past and out the back of his neck. And, uh, and then they decided he could go home. Well, he went back to England to recuperate. Right. And, uh, so you went from being a bomber pilot to being manner from heaven pilot. Well, they called it manner, a manner operation. That was the name, Operation Manor. Right. Yeah. yeah. And what was it? You were delivering food to the Dutch people by dropping it. Yeah. But the Germans could technically have still been shooting at you? No. No, there was a, uh, an amnesty called. Okay. Yeah. Oh, no, we flew over. Uh, well, we are only from here to the, the fireplace. Away. The fellow was standing there beside his... his uh, 88? Uh, uh, aircraft gun. Yep. Just watching us fly over, yeah. And they just watched? Just watched, yeah. I believe there's two or three... Planes did get uh, 303 bullets through them, but and of course they, the anti-aircraft they were so low that we could, they they couldn't get the the uh, things down low enough no, to shoot. No, to, to shoot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And had, was that a one-off mission, or did you do a few for that? Did five missions. Five, okay, and yeah. just always dropping off food. Yeah. Basically, because the Dutch were starving. Yeah. Right. Okay. It was all done up in Hessian big Hessian bags, really. Did it have parachutes, or you just pushed it out? I was hanging up in the uh, bomb bays, yep. and all I did was Cut line it up, press the tit, and, and just dropped it. Boom. Yeah. Okay. And it hit the ground because we had to be at a certain height for it to hit the ground and a skid, skid along the right. ground. If you like the bouncing bomb, you had to be at the right height to get if it. If it had been any higher, it'd go whoop and, and just explode everywhere. everywhere. Mm. Right. And yet, it took the Dutch government how many years to get around <laughs> giving you <laughs> thanks for that? Yeah, I suppose it's only about. Uh, I went back to England to the uh, Green Park to the opening of a, a statue to Bomber Command in Green Park right. and, uh, four or five years ago. Yep. And I saw a fellow wearing a medal. And, uh, and I said, got one of those and I went and spoke to him and uh, he said it was a, for dropping the food. And I said, oh, gee, I wonder if I could get one of those. So I went here to the uh, 
local uh, to Wendy, whatever her name oh, is. Oh, Wendy Nolan? Nolan, yeah. Peter Walsh's office? Yeah. Yep. Um, uh, she more or less organised it, yeah. Oh, well, that's good. Through the Duff government. And then they turned up and handed over one. You got to use your bomber for something yeah. you know, less damaging. And it was such a, an easy flight over and back. Yep. Not getting shot at. And but there was always the mechanical risk, wasn't there? Yeah. I mean, some planes just fell out of the sky for no reason. Well, Lancaster didn't. Oh, it was uh, really reliable? She was a... They had uh, uh, Rolls-Royce Rolls and motor. Yep. Um, oh, they were fantastic motors, yeah. Well, yeah, it's nice to know you're flying in a Rolls-Royce. <laughs> yeah. Well, did they, would they take a bit of damage, those planes? Could you shoot them up a bit? Or? Oh, yeah. And yeah. of course, the Wellington, you could shoot them full of holes. And, and still, still keep going. Yeah. 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 But it's easier not to be shot, isn't it? <laughs> what did you have the most trouble with, the flak or the or the fighters? What was the biggest risk? Oh, flak, I think. Flak, yeah. right. Yeah. yeah, if you could see the fighters, well, you can... Uh, Do something about uh, it? Well, yeah, you can... If, if your rear gunner was uh, uh, on his metal and, and saw it coming yep. in, kept his eyes open, well, uh, that's in daylight. Yeah. And, and of course, I, I can tell you something about night in a moment, but uh, they could guide the pilot, and the pilot would start weaving. And right. The, and the, and the, uh, it would be pretty hard then for the fighter coming in to line you up if you were weaving yeah. around all the time. And, uh, yeah, so, but at night time, of course, they'd, they'd sneak up on you in, in the dark. Underneath. Yep. And if you didn't see them, and that's what happened, they, were, they must have shot down a lot of our planes. You didn't even because know they, they were there. Because they didn't know they were there. Yeah. And of course our uh, rear gunner, who I told you is a SP bookie, yeah. is, but, he is <laughs> but he's a terrific gunner. Right. And, and he, he did his job really, really well. And he, he, he came up on the RT for the pilot, uh, say there was a, a plane underneath us. And straight away, Kirk put the plane into a, a port roll yep. and uh, just ruined his, ruined his, his target. And yep. So he moved on to the next one. Yeah. Yeah. So we might have been only 1.2 seconds from. 1.2 <laughs> seconds. Red light distance. <laughs> yep. So what sort of relationship did you have with your ground crew? You obviously had to have a lot of faith in them putting your plane together oh, yeah. all the time. Although, we were given, we didn't fly the same plane all the time. Oh, and, really? And we'd have a different uh, lot of ground crew. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. And why was that? Just the... I just were, well, the plane might have got damaged or like oh, okay. we lost the motor, they have to take a motor so out of just the, stick you in the next plane? Yeah, and it gives right. another plane to fly. So as navigator, it was your job to make sure you actually got you to the right spot before you dropped them? Because as you say, you're dropping at night, you've not got a really clear target, have you? Well, it wasn't pretty clear because the pathfinders had been over and, and dropped flares onto the target. Okay. And uh, of course then they had the master bomber. He was flying around in a mosquito down low. Yep. And he can tell whether the... Oh, he could see where they were landing. Landing and he'd tell us to... Uh, Go another mile. <laughs> to overshoot by a few seconds or yep. undershoot or port or starboard and... Uh, uh, that was that was he yep. was doing really, and they'd 
Those fellas, they were, oh, I reckon they were crazy. Well, yeah, because the bombs would have been dropping right yeah. past them. <laughs> they were crazy. They'd often do a, they'd go till they were killed. Uh, they and, were crazy. Right. Yeah. They were sort of the cowboys of the outfit, they were they? were. Okay. They were, yes. And so you were still at the squadron when the war ended in Europe? You were there for yes, V-Day. Yes. Was there any talk that they'd transfer you back over to the Pacific? Yes. We went to uh, uh, Western Supermare. Right. After that, uh, and training then to come out out uh, here. They would have been uh, would have been flying Lancastrians then. Right. But no, we war after it wasn't long. No, before they decided to pull the plug. Right. Japan pulled the plug. In. So were you still in England when that happened? Oh yes. Okay. They gave us the choice really whether we wanted to go home and. Uh, which I sort of did. Yep. Um, uh, a lot of the people I've spoken to today and previously all say they don't want another war to be fought, but they still felt they'd done their job well. Yeah. Yes, we thought it was a war to end all wars, but it didn't, hadn't panned out that way. No, we did two of those in 20 years, didn't yeah. we? Yeah. It's a lot of responsibility to give you a big plane like that, a bunch of, you know, 20-somethings and say, here, we'll fly, oh, fly that it? 400 miles and see what you can do with it. Yeah, well, you get, uh, of course, they, I suppose they thought the younger they were, uh, no family responsibilities, really. And, right. Yeah, and that's probably what the, what the power was to be, probably what they... <laughs> way to look for things perhaps, yes. Right. Yeah. The average rotate, well the rotation for a Bomber Command crew was 30 missions, at which point you could come off and go and do some training and other things, is that right? Well, they'd probably send you there, send you there as an instructor. Right. Instructing the ones coming up, yeah. And, and you got up to how many missions before the war finished? Oh, only 20, uh, 23, yeah. Mm. In that they counted the, counted the five missions to Holland as a mission as well. Right. Yeah, so. Do you have any memories of the, the things to look back on? I believe one stage I think you were on leave. Yeah. Yes, that was a, yes, a drop. We were just sitting there having a meal, having drinks or coffee or something, I can't remember. Mm -hmm. But you know, there was a few other Australians. It was an Australian place, of course. Yep. And uh, a terrific explosion and all the windows blew in and, and uh, shot us across the, shot us off our chairs and I ended up under a table. I don't know how I got there, yeah. mind you. Yeah. <laughs> Whether I was blown there yeah. or, or got such a fright I died under a table, I don't remember. Right. But uh, anyway, we dusted off and went outside. and uh, to, to see what the damage was? Yeah, and there's a, one single bobby trying to sort out all the carnage. And, uh, he uh, asked us to stay with this girl she could have been 16, 20, uh -huh. something yep. like that. And she just stared at us, really. She didn't talk. But the whole chest was ripped open and you could see her lungs working. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, that was a... I, I still get nightmares about that. Uh, so I still... I often wonder if she survived or not. Oh, you stayed with it until the ambulance people the ambulance came and took came, it? Yes. Right. Yeah. yeah, it would have yeah. been hard to follow up, I guess. Yeah. Actually, I, I should have tried, but I didn't try, really. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, 
I wouldn't have known what her name was anyway. Well, no, it would have been hard to find. Yeah. But it, I guess those are the kind of memories that just don't go away. Well, there's a young fella laying just two or three feet away from her. Dead. Yep. Killed with the blast, yeah. How did you explain the war to your children or grandchildren? Do they ask about it at all? They say, what Not did you do? Much. Not very much? No, I'm, I don't like talking about it very much. So I don't want to forget about it, but no. I don't like to think about it too much. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, and, uh, of course, I was having a few problems when I did come home. I was drinking a lot. And uh, they encouraged us to, to drink over there. They yep. really did. Yeah. Yeah. And smoke. Well, I tried smoking, but I used to get a, um, a problem on my lip and then the, that stopped me smoking, really. Right. And, um, that was a bonus. <laughs> and, uh, but I, I, I was drinking too much. Yeah. I met this lovely girl and... And she straightened you out. She said, John, he said, if you're going to drink and smoke, I don't want to know you. Right. So, so she from that saved time you. on, I haven't touched liquor at all. Right. They're good like that, women, aren't they? They tend to save us from our own uh, mistakes. Yeah, anyway. Because she passed away a couple of years ago. Right. Mm. When did you get married? In 52. 52. Well, long time ago. It is a long time ago. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Where did you meet? Where did I? Where did you meet it? Yeah. Uh, actually, my brother-in-law, well, yeah, he was he's courting my sister at the time, right. and uh, he wanted to make up a foursome. And anyway, he uh, asked this next-door neighbour of his and, uh, make up, to make up a yep. foursome. We so. come up here to at Chuka for to go swimming in the Murray. Yep. And, and, uh, and the rest was history. Just about, yeah. <laughs> A blind date. They, uh, make, they make game shows I, about that on TV. But I, I really did know her because I used to buy shoelaces from her. I thought she was all right when yeah. she was two or three years younger, two years older than me. She was two years older than you? Yeah. Right. And uh, she worked in the shoe department I used to go on my I thought she was all right. I thought I'm... You thought she was all right then and you thought she was better on a date. <laughs> <laughs> and so when you got home was there a crowd waiting for you? Uh, we, they brought us uh, home off the ship uh, in trucks, truck loads of us and I saw one lady, she was in the WAF, yeah. uh, out waving all sorts of things welcoming us and we went to the Melbourne Cricket Ground again, oh. and I found them uh, in among the crowd in the, the Melbourne incident, Cricket Ground, right. yeah. I would imagine both your parents, it would have been a long two years, knowing what your father had gone through, uh, to send another member of the family off to war. Did they ever talk to you about that, yeah. and particularly your mother? Not really, although I can, I've, I've thought about that since. Actually, uh, okay. my father didn't talk much to us about the war, really. He, kept those things to himself. Yeah. yeah. My, I was the youngest boy mm. and I had two younger sisters, but the, the three boys joined the, Alan joined the, the oldest brother, he joined the army and he saw a service in 
Palestine and Syria. He came home? Yeah, he busted an ankle on the way home and he was in hospital for a while and uh, and he wasn't any good for foot service anymore and they sent him up to New Guinea driving trucks. He was discharged from New Guinea, really. Right. But, yeah. And your other brother? And the other brother was the middle brother. He joined the Air Force, but he was in the ground staff. Right. And he but came he, home too? Well, he, he didn't go overseas. Oh, he didn't leave the country? No. Okay. No. Well, that's not so bad, is it? So they had to worry a lot about you? Yeah. So I can imagine uh, mum and dad, I suppose, they probably worried more than more than I did, really, yeah. It's normally how it works, isn't it? The parents do the worrying and the, yeah. and the kids have yeah. the fun. Yeah. And there were, you would have been fairly limited in what you could have told them in letters home anyway. You couldn't have told them where you were based or what you were doing or... Oh, no, I don't think that was... No, 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 we weren't allowed to talk that way. Really. Yeah. Uh, and did the letter system work well between England and Australia? Yeah. yeah, well, there's a lot of... Uh, they've been through the... Uh, uh, what do they call them? They cut, cut the censors. pieces out. Yeah. The censors, yeah. yeah. Censors, yeah. Yep. They cut bits out or blacked them out? Yeah, cut them out. Yeah. Cut them out, did they? Yeah, so you sometimes out. get not, <laughs> more holes than paper? That's, that's about right. Right. Yeah. Okay. yeah, well, both letters going over and my letters coming back. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And you still get involved in things like Anzac Day? Oh, yes. Yeah, I like to, yeah. Yeah. What do you think of the public response to it these days? It seems to be getting more and more popular. Uh, yeah, it dwindled right off, but now it's come back again. Yeah. yeah. And the young people, the more young people these days yeah. seem to be, they getting, seem to be getting more involved, really, yeah. Did you find when you came back that you were able to communicate that perhaps a little better with your father, that you'd both been no. through that? I haven't thought about that. Uh, no, I don't think we talked about it much. Right. No, no. If someone, if one of you, you've got grandchildren, I assume. Oh, lots of them. Lots yeah. of, <laughs> lost count. What would you say to one of them if they did come and ask you what you did in the war? Would you tell them? Well, I could tell them bits and pieces, I suppose. But like I said to you, I like to put my memories behind me, really, and not forget them, but put them behind me. And I'd like to try not to think about them. But apart from that, you survived it in one piece? Yeah. Yes, well, she sorted me out. Right. Yeah.